I feel like we should just do like a whole show of nothing but succession um, callbacks. I know. We had to say that for the offseason because we'll have the finale during the offseason. No, that's true. Although I guess we, 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 we'd have to have it like a Patreon or something because there's just it's just way too vulgar. To... Or we could just warn people, like, look, this is going to be a vulgar episode. You don't <laughs> just listen. warn them. Just say, hey, guys, just <laughs> FYI, this is the one where we curse a lot. <laughs> we should put like a in, like a uh, like a parental discretion is advised little little tag on the on the uh, artwork. Yeah. Oh man, we here for you. Just got to get some greglets. CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for new sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, April the 12th. Um, the transfer portal is continuing to, um, I don't know, portal? It's doing its thing out there. Um, but spring game is right around the corner. We thought tonight, um, you know, maybe some news coming soon on the transfer portal stuff. So, we're going to focus on some football topics on this year program. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First in Fishersville, board moderator du jour, David Spence on the show. How's it going, my friend? Going well. Enjoyed a nice little evening of a high school softball tonight. And now I'm ready to talk about not high school softball. Who days on the board at who days on Twitter? Um, you, you left out the story where you like saved somebody's life because you had a bat. Yeah, you know, you do um, what you can. Do what you can. <laughs> yeah, that's a little thing. And in uh, Charlottesville, um, editor-in-chief Justin Ferber is also on the program. How's it going, my dude? Oh, you know, just living that pollen life. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear that or not, but I can't hear. All right, I can hear. I can't smell or taste anything. I can feel that. mm -hmm. Yeah. So, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Um, I, I didn't know that that was a thing that happened with just like regular pollen. I thought that was a strictly COVID thing. Uh, no, I mean, like you reach a certain, I cut the grass. So like, and you reach a certain point where like, and then you, the medicine, I feel like kind of dulls things too. So like, it's just not great. I mean, it's once your stuff gets clogged up enough, you know, it is what it is. Mm, I'm times. sure everybody's very, excited very riveted Cavs corner. Um, also on Twitter Cavs underscore corner. Great place for the in-game updates. When they return the content items and the occasional witty banter. All right. Spring game Saturday, two o'clock going to be shown on the ACC network as well as live and in color in Scott stadium, two teams. One will, in, one will exit. No, um, listen, I, I think it's actually really interesting to think of it um, in the, if, if they're actually preparing for a game, because I feel like too often in this program, regardless of coach or whatever, they just haven't had an actual like game. Um, so I'm kind of, kind of digging the idea of it kind of being a real um, game um, scenario situation. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if you guys have strong opinions on this, but I, I kind of want to first start off um, 
by kind of talking through some of the some of the different position battles and I, I, I'm I'm really curious to see how things shake out on Saturday because I don't want to say that Virginia is in a spot where um, where Saturday is is the end all be all, but I kind of feel like they really could use a little bit of a bump, right? I feel like if they they come out on Saturday and the offense looks like it has some juice, I feel like that could actually go a really long way for a lot of people. I mean, I, I know when we talk about last year's spring game and sort of like what we saw last year, the fact that the offense was clunky, you know, Ferber, I feel like mentions, mentions it all the time. Like, you know, remember that? And we all felt like, ah, you know, it's not that big a deal. And then all, obviously it was a really big deal. Dave, let's start with you. Do you feel like you need that? Like you, you need to see some real um, like bona fides from the offense, you know, on Saturday, do you feel like that's going to make you feel markedly better about kind of where things are? Markedly is a very strong word. Um, I mean, I think it's like every spring game, right? Like if anything positive happens, you can take a negative out of it because that means the other side of the ball didn't do well. Um, last year's game, you know, thinking back to it, it's it's because the defense had been so bad. Um, you could kind of write it off and like maybe the defense is just way better, right? And the defense was way better. It's just that wasn't the only reason <laughs> the offense was clunky last year. Um, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't expect that. I think we're all kind of questioning: Can the defense be better than they were last year with the pieces they lost, especially in the back end? Um, but they've picked up some other pieces. So, I think that said, like if if the offense can come out, move the ball, show some, you know, show some consistency and some explosiveness that we didn't see in last year's spring game, I think if you want to be an optimist, you can definitely say, "Hey, that's really good," because they know when I know they're going against a defense that's going to be pretty good, right? Um, I'm thinking back to last year. I think last year, like, there wasn't a whole lot of scoring. They had that, was it Paris Jones that scored on a touchdown, like the first play of the second half or something? Yeah, the first half. I don't um, think there was a touchdown or anything. It yeah, they were like interviewing Brennan or something. Yeah, they were interviewing Brennan when the second half started and Paris, like, busted that long run. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I, you got to see something out of the offense. Um, you know, not only do you have – you know, new quarterback and new receivers, but the offensive line, where that where are they going to be? So, um, yeah, I think, you know, for one of the rare times, like I think you can you can say, hey, I'm okay if the if the offense can put up points on the defense because I trust, you know, I'm just one year of seeing Coach Rudd and what he does. I trust that the defense will be very good by, by the time the season rolls around. What do you think, Ferber? Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, I think the offense has to show – something like I don't expect them to come out and just be like lighting it up or anything. Um, but you know, UVA is working in some new guys on the defensive side. You got guys out obviously. And you know, especially in the secondary, they should be somewhat vulnerable. Um, you know, and the offense has to, I don't expect them to come out and just like, you know, throw haymakers all over the place, but you know, string some completions together, you know, move the chains, you know, like get, get it a few chunk plays in the running game, you know, show some explosiveness on the edge. Like, you know, and it just has to, I don't, I don't really care about play calling in a spring game. Right. But like, I just want to see some sort of like cohesion and, um, you know, like they talked yesterday on the media call, the Des, you know, about how Tony was completing the Moscow was completing 70% of his passes. Um, in practice, I mean, like, and in seven on seven, I think he, he said, but you know, like, let's see that in this game, right? Like, let's see them, you know, look efficient 
And, you know, obviously all eyes will be on the quarterback, but how does the offensive line hold up? How do these receivers look? Are there any breakout candidates at the running back position, which seems like it's got a lot of talent and depth? Um, you know, and I, I think if if the offense comes out and shows, you know, some signs of life, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to September, but I'll feel a lot better than if they come out and look like they did in the first half of the spring game last year with the ones in, you know, because at the time we didn't really care, but you know, now looking back, like you said, it's pretty obvious that there were some warning signs. And if they look like that again, it's like, okay, you know, um, is this just going to be what we see again? Um, that, and then, you know, like uh, just going through the audio from media availability during spring practice, it seems like they've had, and, and this is just directly from quotes, some really good days of practice and, you know, guys are saying like the bad days have been like terrible. <laughs> so, you know, obviously I think the spring game will probably be somewhat of a mix of, of both ends of the spectrum as it always is. Um, but yeah, just, just show me like some signs of life really. Yeah. I kind of feel like, all right, walk with me here. I, I think that, look, I'm not asking for, you know, Tony Musket to go out there and like throw for, you know, 335 and seven touchdowns right but I think honestly like what I think would be sort of more impactful even for me is it you know it goes back to you know I forget which one you guys said cohesion but just the the kind of like I kind of just would like to see them sort of had their stuff together offensively because I feel like everything was so disjointed last year and I mean I think you can draw direct lines from the dysfunction in various d- different ways I think you know, Tony Elliott has certainly talked about, um, you know, since this spring, just, you know, the idea of, look, there were some things that maybe he should have done differently last year. We've talked about sort of the idea of coaching your team that you actually have versus coaching the team you would like to have. And I think, you know, goes back to the, you know, Bronco did something similar when he, when he got to Charlottesville, I think Tony did something similar last year. Um, I feel like if you can show me that you're coaching the team you have, I don't necessarily need perfection and I don't really necessarily even need them to be good. I would honestly just like to see them be. um, And I mean, I realize this is a pretty low bar. So, you know, like I said, walk with me, but even just like, you know, like they, like they all were on the same page. Cause there were times last year offensively, like we've, we on this, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you've heard Dave talk about the whole idea of, you know, sentences versus paragraphs. Right. I mean, dude, there were times last year when one letter to the next was not even remotely the same language, right? I would love to see some sentences and might and maybe even imply some paragraphs because offensively last year they were just they were just downright terrible in spots. Um, and I think one of the things that really frustrates me about the way last year went is because the defense was so much better than I think even as we look back on it, like if you think about sort of the night and day shift for Rudd and his group, I I feel like it was really undervalued by a lot of folks because the offense was just so not there. And defensively, like that, that group got put in some really, really bad spots by an offense that just really couldn't do much of anything. And I'm not, I'm so I'm not going to sugarcoat sort of one that you gotta, you gotta find your QB one Two, you gotta have at least some sort of, plan on the offensive line you got to get a lot of dudes on the uh, that wide receiver to grow up real quick you got to have some contributions from dudes who haven't made a lot of contributions 
And you're going to need that running back room, which seems to be somewhat talented, you know, with some nice depth. You're going to need them to produce. Like, you're going to need them to make plays that picks up that offensive line, that takes some pressure off the quarterback. And I just I just look back on last year, and, and I can't help but wonder, um, you know, if – if we had if we had any an idea coming out of the spring game what that offense was going to look like come fall, um, we probably would have been way more concerned, right? And I just I would like to come out of Saturday and go, you know what? I think they kind of you know what they look like they figured it out a little bit. Not necessarily that they've answered every question, but at least that they know what the questions are. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, not to simplify it even further, but you know, it's a spring game. They're probably not going to put together a comprehensive game plan. You know the defense sees these plays every day, so there's a, you know, different element of, of game planning versus a normal game. But to put it simply, if I can just see better timing, and whether that's it's musket or I don't know, yeah, that's a good I don't know point. where the Jays situation is, or you know who else is going to play. But look, the offensive line had issues last year. Brennan had issues last year. And I think when the offensive line struggled. You know, it got whether that was the reason Brennan was so bad with his mechanics and getting passes off. But if you go back and look, and I know it's like, look, uh, if you if you want to look at Clemson, oh, I know it's a different thing, right? Like they had different level of athletes there, but that offense was kind of, you know, predicated on short timing routes. And last year, like even when we ran little bubble screens and stuff, it was never clean. It was the ball was high or the ball was low or it was a second late and the guy you know the blocks had already broken down if i can just see that on saturday like okay you know we got a new group a lot largely new group of wide receivers out there um if you can get that quick little throw out you know take the three yards four yards they give you when they play play off we didn't have that last year and that's such a crucial part in this style of offense so i'd be happy if i just see that with okay. a completed catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. I I don't necessarily think we want to go through and like pick out like, okay, who 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 are you expecting big games from or whatever. But I do think it would be fun to kind of talk through some guys you're excited to see. Um, before we do that, though, I do want to talk a little bit about the defense because I feel like, as I mentioned a minute ago, the offensive conversation has sort of dominated so much of the, um, the bandwidth, so to speak, that I, I feel like what – what has happened on the defensive side of the ball has has largely gone not not unnoticed, maybe glossed over. Um, the ins and outs of it, I just think, aren't necessarily as um, as visible to a lot of folks. I, I think that you know you you got to replace Nick Jackson in the middle, and you've got to replace two incredible cornerbacks in, in AJ and, and Central Cypress. Those are not easy tasks, and I and I and I don't want to gloss over those to to kind of borrow that for, um, phrasing um, because like Nick Jackson, like <laughs> it didn't matter if that kid had like one good leg, two good leg, like the dude just produced. And there's a lot that can be said for just how much a defense sort of relies on something like that. When you have a guy who just always makes plays, somebody else is going to have to make all of those plays. And that dude made a lot of stops. And I don't think we really, appreciate sometimes because we've had I mean if you think about it, we've had a lot of dudes come through this program who rack up a lot of tackles right you know Nick Jackson Micah Kaiser Quinn Blanding and like sometimes yeah it's not exactly a good thing that one player does everything but 
in terms of like this defense, somebody's going to have to replace that. Multiple somebodies are going to have to replace that. There's a lot that goes into multiple somebodies replacing anything. Um, and at cornerback, you know, like that group last year defensively, you know, they made such strides from the year before. But but, but even just in and of itself, I thought de- the defense was pretty good. And a lot of that had to do with the – with the, what they got from corn, from the cornerback position, Ferber, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, what really excites you overall, and, and where where do you feel like um, most of your confidence comes from? Is it just because you've seen what Rudd can do, and you have faith that he can figure out, um, you know, how to answer those two questions, or is it more specific to the personnel? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, you kind of hit on it. Like, it feels like the defense kind of gets a free pass in the spring just because of how much better they were than expected last year. And I don't think anybody's expecting them to come out and be perfect this year or anything. And they clearly, you know, lost some guys, but you know, I think there's some faith there, even after just one year um, that, you know, there's proof of concept that they're going to come out and do this again with different guys. Um, And, you know, that remains to be seen. I think there's reasons to be optimistic for sure, especially given like the way that not only were they better than expected, but also there were some guys that like truly showed development, right? I mean, like guys that took their game up a level or two or five in the case of Fentrell Cypress, um, you know, from one year to the next. So I think like that's why you have some faith that they can do it again with these guys. But in terms of like what part of the defense I have the most faith in, I think it would have to be the front, you know, just because of the amount of guys back, the amount of size and talent at the position um, across the line, you know, they bring back a lot of veterans, uh, you know, able to get back some guys that maybe we thought might not stick around. And, you know, they, they're going to basically run back what they had last year for the most part. So, I think that's encouraging. Um, I would like to see that group get a little bit more pressure. Um, they did good. They did a good job against the run last year, and um, there were definitely some moments. But you know, I'd like to see them get some more consistent pressure. And obviously, I don't think Rudd was like dialing up the blitzes like Bronco and he, you know, his staff did. But um, ultimately, like that's how you get off the field a lot of times is forcing negative plays. So. You know, I'd like to see that, but intrigued about the entire defense. Um, you're right, Nick Jackson's a big loss. Um, and there's a lot to be said about just being in the right place. And it felt like a lot of times he got his tackles because he was just in the right place. And that's a huge part of playing linebacker. Um, and, you know, it'd be interesting to see what some of these younger guys do. But, um, you know, optimistic. I would say cautiously optimistic about the defense. I'm not expecting them to come out and like the world on fire or anything, but. I do think that there's enough talent here and enough guys back that they could be, you know, about what they were last year. Yeah. I feel like if you think about the defense in terms of like from a depth standpoint, Dave, like if the offense had this sort of depth that the defense had, we would be over the moon. Right. And yeah, they've got some questions they've got to answer, but development is such a big deal. Like, do you guys remember like last year, Right after the new staff came, there was this like sort of, I don't know, vibe that that came off as this, as if like the defensive staff actually wasn't really looking for like a whole lot of options in the in the portal because they were actually very happy with the with the talent that they had. And a lot of us on the outside were like, um, what? Because we'd seen the defense for the last few years. 
they were very yeah. confident. They basically they could, just added linemen, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I might they be were super somebody, confident. But it was basically just like Akira and like Cam Butler. Yeah, they were super. Um, they were super confident. Um, yeah. Super confident that they, that they could turn a lot of those guys into something, and that's exactly what they did. So, like, like Ferber said, proof of concept. Dave, what about you? Is it are you are you confident in the defense? Do you how do you feel about that side of the ball? And it, 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 is that you think because of seeing what Rudd has done because of the depth, a little bit column A, a little column B? What are your thoughts? I mean, it's almost you know a good chunk of the guys are back, right? Um, you know, a game of football, like it or not, it's can you sack the quarterback and can you stop the pass? I mean which is mind blowing. Cause I'm an old guy stopping the run was, you know, you gotta be able to stop the run too, but you know, in college football, especially if you can't stop the pass and sack, sack the quarterback, you're not going to keep teams from scoring. Um, and I think the pieces are there, even with the loss of AJ and Cypress, um, you know, that's the question mark, right? The cornerback spots, but you know, the defensive line, the, you know, the rush ends, they, a lot of them are back and, and another year in the system, um, you know, Cam Butler and um, Akira and um, Chico, like those guys are good, you know. Um, so it's, you, you got to like that. And then you, they've kicked Ben Smiley to the outside, which means they, they feel pretty good about where they are with tackle between, I guess, Carter and, um, and Jimmy, you know, both Carters. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, based on what we saw last year, you feel like Rudd knows how to use his guys. You know, he, he has a plan. He knows where to put guys in place. He knows what to recruit to. Um, I mean, not to harp on the Nick situation, losing him is huge. Like to me, it's probably as big as losing AJ or, or Cyprus, but I only say that because not, not because losing AJ and Cyprus isn't huge, but the way, look, they were very good last year, but they weren't the year before. And there's only one difference. <laughs> that was who was coaching. Yeah, right? that's what I was going to say. Like, we don't really know. Not to say like AJ and Fentro weren't. Yeah, good, like they're devoid of talent. Yeah, but like we don't good. really know yet if it was like, oh, did they just get coached up from like decent to really good, or was it them? You know, like we yeah. we'll find out. And I can tell you from having multiple conversations with people in the know in the last year of the Bronco regime that the way they coach the dbs changed dramatically when coach rudd and, and coach cox got here um let's not forget that's what coach rudd right, right Charles you know, see that. Works <laughs> yeah, yeah safety's coach but, you know, the, and the then he brought his guy to, with them too right i mean in yeah, cox yeah i mean yeah. yeah between cox and rudd like that's a lot of attention played to that back end and you know they added kyle from ohio you know iowa state sorry not ohio state um who's a piece and you've got, I think King is playing a little bit there in the spring. Um, and then look, the way they play that defense and the way the game is played today, it's great to have a couple of lockdown corners, but Virginia is going to pretty much play multiple safeties. And, you know, with Cam Kelly there, who I think we maybe don't pay enough attention to because we, he played on a Carolina defense. that wasn't well regarded. He's a very, very good athlete. Um, I'm interested to see if there's one player I'm super intrigued about. It's seeing what he does yeah, in this in this he's defense. Definitely high on the list. Yeah, because he can come down and play linebacker at his size. Yeah, you know, that's true. You know, um, so it. I don't know that we'll see a lot in this you know spring game on Saturday about how they plan to employ this. But if you just look at the roster and look at how much talent they have listed at safety, um, you know, we can name the whole, you know, if you guys want to go through the list, we can, but there's a lot of dudes back there who can play ball. Um, yeah. 
and you well, don't want them sitting on the bench. Yeah, true. Yeah. Let's let's do this. I, I I referenced this a minute ago before we talked about the defense, but yeah, let's talk about some guys we're excited to see. Um, you mentioned Kelly, and I kind of want to start with him because, like, if you had told me that this was where his career was going to go way back when he was a recruit, I would not have believed you. Um, because if you remember his recruitment and like, I mean, there was just there was just so much that just did not feel like this is where it was going to end up. Um, I also don't think he would have believed you. <laughs> that's, yeah, very true. Um, so, I mean, it is, it is really interesting to think about sort of the, the cyclical nature of it all. Um, because early on, I mean, I think, you know, everybody, all the UVA folks I talked to were, you know, when he was young, young, there were just real, you know, there's a lot of like, I wouldn't necessarily call it like they, if folks were expecting him or anything like that. But there was a lot of excitement about him, specifically from UVA folks. And, you know, sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. And this is one that, you know, eventually did happen for him. And I'm really excited to see, you know, not just the spring, but the season, you know, what what he can do. Um, it's it's interesting to think about today's point just a minute ago. It's not just that that Carolina defense wasn't very well regarded. I mean, the Carolina defense was was and has been, you know, you know, super leaky for a long time. Um, and so the idea of adding a guy from 28 points to UVA last year, that's yeah. Right. Um, that's telling you something. Yeah. To add a guy from a, from a, from a team like that, it's, it's weird because like you kind of just forget that like, just because teams are terrible doesn't necessarily mean that like players aren't talented. And so, yeah, if you, you add a guy from like, I don't know, Alabama or something, right. Um, yeah, people are gonna be like, Ooh, Alab-, you know, so like, it doesn't have that same cachet, but like, yeah, he's a very talented piece and I'm really curious to see, um, you know, what it all, how it all shakes out. All right, Dave, who, who wants to go for, who wants to go next? Give me a, a name of a guy you're excited to see. Are we stay, stick, sticking with defense to start? Uh, you can go anywhere you want. Um, okay. Uh, just cause I have to Malachi. <laughs> field. you know we only got to see him briefly in the pittsburgh game last year and you know and and transparency i left at halftime because my grandmother had passed away the day a couple of days before um and that's the only reason and, uh, yeah that's the only reason nothing bad happened in the first half and i got i had to miss malachi's touchdown but i'm very excited to see him friend of the friend of the tailgate friend friend of the pod no I, he's always listen, gonna be first for a while seriously that kid just is is i mean dude from a physicality standpoint, um, I mean, I, I, I just have a feeling he might be about this to to put the put the league on notice. I don't know. Ferber, give me a give me a name. Give me a guy you're excited to see. I mean, the answer is Tony Musket. Yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer. Yeah. I mean, let's not beat around the bush anymore. Um, you know, like I, he was a guy they identified early. We watched his stuff. My first thought was like Monmouth. And then I turned on the tape and was like, oh, okay, he can play a little bit. And then you get a little bit more excited about it. You know, they seem to be excited about it. Then you remember that like Taylor Limbs watched him play a few times. So like, you know, he clearly believes in his ability. Um, it seems like he's executing relatively well, but, you know, obviously it's it's practice and and at the same time like they're not gonna be trashing him <laughs> you know if he wasn't but i mean the numbers that they gave the other the other day were encouraging and again like you said like let's see the trains running on time let's see you know the passing game look cohesive and not you know 
throwing the ball into crowds. And a lot of times it was not necessarily quarterback's fault, but like three receivers in the same spot, um, stuff like that. So really excited to see what he can do. First time for me seeing him live, you know, like arm talent wise, kind of interested to see what that looks like because he seems, I don't think he's got like a cannon or anything, but like he, he seems to have like pretty good skills. Um, so I'm interested to see how that looks, but yeah, I mean, I think like that, you know, they're calling it a competition with him and Jay Wolfolk. I, I kind of think it's muskets to lose. Um, you know, like if he looks really bad in fall camp, I guess Wolfolk can kind of like, you know, take the job from him, but I think he's probably going to be the guy and, and Saturday is your first real crack at it. I, uh, all right. I want to, I kind of want. Well, actually, Dave, I want to get your thoughts on on Musket here, because um, we haven't really talked a whole lot about him, um, simply just because you know there's a lot to talk about. But it it feels like to me that Virginia absolutely could just have the answer and be in a great spot because the kid's actually pretty good. I, again, I'm not asking him to go out there and be Peyton Manning, but I think for what they need, he could be perfect for it. What are you thinking uh, about uh, about the the battle for QB one right now? Well, you know, we haven't seen a whole lot of film from him in spring camp, but what I have seen kind of validates what I saw in that Monmouth tape, which is he's got a great arm. He can make every throw. Um, now, if you want to point out the negative, you can see in that Monmouth stuff is like every quarterback, when he gets pressure, he sometimes makes bad decisions um, or he'll try to throw his way out of him, you know, or throw his way into trouble at times. So, look, <laughs> Brendan Armstrong, you know, God love him. You know, he had an incredible year for Virginia. One of the, you know, arguably the best quarterback year we'd ever seen uh, for a six and six team. Um, but the last year was abysmal. Uh, so I, I'm just, I do think Tony's got an advantage. Like you, you think following someone with, like Armstrong would be a plus, but Armstrong, Brandon was so bad last year in the system that I think if Tony can just come out and, throw, you know, look happy, you know, throw, let's just say hypothetical. And I mean, this is a bad example, but it feels like Muskie could come out, throw on first, second, and third down. And if he had positive, um, what's our body language and the passes were close, it would feel like an upgrade of what I saw at times last year. For some reason, um, I just thought of the John L. Smith smile press conference from when he was the coach of like Arkansas or whatever. And he's like, smile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's it. I mean, I, I don't want to like, I'm, I'm just, you know, it's good podcast fodder to, to kind of go, the, go this route with it. But, you know, when Brennan was bad last year, his body language was bad too. And it made you feel like there was no confidence in the offense. And from, to me, like when Brennan was really good, it didn't matter if he made a mistake. He like would go grab, you know, think back to that season, that BYU game, for instance, like you never saw him act like we saw or act is a bad word, but you never saw the expression we saw outwardly like we did last year. And to me, like if Muskin could just come in show he's going to be positive, even when he makes mistakes and kind of keep the team behind him, that's an easy little hurdle to jump. Um, but I'm really excited to see if what I've seen in little clips this year shows like, can he make that pass to the hash with velocity? Can he throw the timing? You know, can he get his footwork right and get right. that timing and let our receivers go make plays? You know, this, this offense is not devoid of playmakers in any way. Now it may not be Alabama or Georgia level, but there are playmakers on this team. If you can get them the ball in stride in space. 
I feel like on all right. So this is this is what I think um, has sort of set UVA up for an interesting. Um, I don't want to say decision. That's not necessarily the way I mean this. An interest to be in an interesting situation. All right, the fact that Jay is doing baseball and the fact that he is he's not a, just a position player that he is a relief pitcher. So he's on a pitch count. You know he he's only going to get so many practices during spring. And he's going to only be able to throw so many times when he does practice, right? So the idea that Virginia also had Tony Musket, who, you know, if, if, if not for Jay, he would have already been anointed the starter, right? I think, I mean, maybe, maybe not technically, maybe, you know, Tony Elliott doesn't come out and say those words, but everybody would have known it, right? Now, and, and then maybe everybody already does sort of know it now, but the fact that Wolfolk is in the thing that they're calling it a competition, I, I think it can it it puts an onus on uh, Musket to continue to work, to continue to be better, to continue to be sharp, right? There is no um there is no opportunity. There's like there's no letdown, right? And I think that in some ways it actually works because not only is it a positive for him to be there and to continue to have that sort of constant um, feel of, of competition, but it also works because if, if he's not there and Jay's going to be your quarterback, but he's just not there this spring. Well, who's throwing all these passes to the guys that you're trying to connect timing with, right? Well, it's not, it's not going to be a guy who's going to be playing a lot. Right. And so I think that in some ways, if you're going to have a guy who like Jay, who is going to be doing two sports and the whole thing, you know, you can't, you can't, you can go a lot of different directions wrong, um, or at least go in a lot of different directions that are worse than having another guy who also can really get benefit from having those reps, from make, from having those connections with your wide receivers, from getting that timing down. So no matter which way this competition goes, like if if Virginia goes into the fall and Jay Wolfolk wins this job and beats out Tony, given what we've seen, given what we know about his background, given what you know the situation that is right now, then that kid's going to be really good. Does that make sense? Like, it's almost like if, because yeah, you know what I'm I saying? Think if Jay beat him out, like that would almost, it would either be like the worst case scenario or the best or the best, right? Where it's yeah. like, where it's like he beat him out because he was excellent or he beat him out because neither of them were very good, but right. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. even then you would think that if they were both not very good, that they give, you know, they give tie goes to the to the runner. No, no pun intended on the baseball thing, you know, because like he's the guy who would have been there more. So like if they're both terrible in that situation, you probably are going to go with the guy who's been there more. So to me, if Wolfolk wins the job, that is an excellent sign. Um, now, granted, there's a lot that can happen. Um, and certainly, you know, I, I went into last season thinking, hey, Brendan Armstrong's back. Um, had no idea the Brennan Armstrong we were going to see was not the Brennan Armstrong that we were accustomed to seeing. Um, and I, you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to get into a whole lot as we talk football now through the rest of the off season into the fall. I don't want to get back into like relitigating last year, but I do think that it's fair to say that as much as folks want to, you know, um, throw stones at the staff and system and all this stuff. I think Brennan is absolutely a part of that. And today's point about body language and such, like I try not to do the whole like, you know, well, what is this dude thinking? He's clearly thinking X, Y, and Z. But man, it did not take, um, you know, vast experience and, you know, body language analysis to under, to, to come to the conclusion that, that that dude wasn't happy 
or that he was not necessarily a positive force for the offense. Um, I, I I look at it, and I still, and I mean, I said this when he when he announced, you know, the whole transfer. I I think that's is the best decision for all parties. I am very glad to not have to be, you know, worried about whether or not this is going to be a replay of last year or it's going to be, or we're going to get back to the way it was the year prior. Um, but I'm actually really excited for the quarterback position for the first time in a little while. Um, even though I, you know, I think I, I'm probably like a lot of people, we were all burned by it a little bit last year. Um, when was the last time you've had a legit quarterback competition in fall camp? Hmm. Probably Perkins' first year, right? Yeah, but I don't think he really had to beat anybody out. I'm trying to think who he was who was there, but it wasn't like he was a short. Lindell thing, Stone. You know? Yeah, Lindell. Yeah, because remember, uh, Bankert and Johns were gone. I mean, Johns was yeah. gone the year before. And what was the other? There kid was really nobody left. Brewer, I think he yeah, was gone. Was yeah, he was gone too. Yeah, no, I think everybody knew in spring Perkins was going to be the guy. I mean, I think that yeah. was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. It's probably. I mean, maybe you the... could say Armstrong and Keaton Thompson before Thompson got hurt, but even that didn't really feel like a super real competition to me. Like, I thought Keaton no. could come in and beat him out, actually, but it didn't seem like they were like treating it that way. Yeah, I don't know, man. When is it? Yeah, when is the last one? Uh, maybe the, like the... Matt Johns, Grayson Lambert. I was going to say we're going back to the Grayson Lambert days. Maybe. And Cam, I mean, I'm trying to think. Ben Kurtz first year. I mean, now nah, he had the job. Matt Johns was the was the other guy there, but they didn't really. I mean, like I was at camp yeah. and he was taking all the first team reps. Yeah, it's just weird because, like, I mean, not not to you know uh, steal your question there, but I mean, Brad just said it like. It kind of hinted at it, but like a year ago, we we're talking about why isn't Brennan on Heisman list, you know, at this point. And so things change quickly. Was I talking about world. that? Somebody check the tape. Was I talking about that? No, no. You said well, something about how it's, you know, it's been a while, you know, it feels like you've been a while since you've been excited about a quarterback. Well, this time last year, I think we were all very excited about No, Brennan. I mean, I just meant, no, no. I just meant like, I meant because like, like real talk, like how down I felt about the quarterback position, basically most all, all of last season. All last season. It makes yeah, it, yeah. it makes it feel like that time was like a long time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it just feels no, like, I get it. I get it. it feels like it's, but it's been just a while. Funny when, you, you know? when you think about it, like it was a year ago, you were like, Holy, you know, Holy crap. I got this new coach, but we got Brennan. We're going to score points. Right. Um, and that lasted for another, what, five months <laughs> from this date last year before we realized, Oh, maybe we're not. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I mean, you guys weren't at as many practices as I was, but it was all there. Like, I was watching the practices, and I was like, this looks so clunky. And I don't want to put that all on him, but, like, you know. I don't know, man. Sometimes I got a pass. He got a pass because of how good he was the year before, where it was like we didn't think it was possible for him to be bad. We did not. Yeah, that's true. Um, Just a reminder, Johnny Woods was very good at football. Yeah, (laughs) and I think also, like, it's not good podcast fodder, but, like, Time will tell, right? Like, we're going to find out what, what was going on last year. That's and it, it, yep. it, it's probably a mixture of a few different things. But if Brandon goes to NC State and just absolutely lights it up and UVA looks the same, then I think you have an answer. I think if it's well, the opposite, then I think you have an answer. Like That's that's possible. I, I, would, I would also argue that the devil's advocate position here is also just as likely, which is like just because Brennan goes to um, State – and reconnects with Bob and they, you know, get the band back together. That doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't partly him. 
And mm, even if yeah. Tony and company get this thing, because I mean, I think we all we saw we sort of all I think believe that they've they've made some tweaks and they've made some changes to a variety of different things. So yes, I think we we will see to some extent this year. Um, based on how everybody does, what what the answer was. But I also think that there's a very real chance that both sides actually screwed up and sort of learned some stuff. Um, and I think that, you know, you see, you, Brennan goes down there and has a good season. It doesn't mean he didn't play like crap last year because he absolutely did. And mm-hmm. doesn't mean that he's not a big part of why he played like crap because he probably was. Um, and just like if Tony Musket comes out there and <laughs> balls out, it doesn't mean that, you know, he would have done that last year because I think I think that maybe it was a you know it was a learning experience for everybody, and maybe they needed to you know have that experience in order to to get to where they want to go. Um, yeah, and and no doubt I just meant like if if we see the same UVA offense oh, combined no, with that, Brennan yeah. Ball, <laughs> that that's very. And I think you have yeah an there there's if, no there there's no and there's, I don't think Brennan's <laughs> going to be terrible at NC State, but if it's flipped and Tony balls out here and he doesn't ball out at NC State, then it's like well you know maybe it was sort of a one year wonder, um in 2021, but I mean ultimately like, you know UVA I, fans can get too caught up in what he's doing. You oh, know, yeah, except for of, in that one game, a lot of stat watching. Um, yeah, can yeah. you just imagine if if uh, I, I want to get off the I want to get off the Brennan thing here, but I just had this idea of like, can you imagine if like Bob, like if Brennan goes out there and throws two pick sixes in a row, what Bob would say in the post game? Like, I mean, I don't even want to do the impression because I haven't done. I haven't done Bob in a while, but Ferber, I want you to think about it because I want you to hit that for not 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 now, at just some point. I want to hear what Bob would say if you know. Yeah, Wolfpack. This is a tough to, deal for sure. Tough deal. <laughs> tough deal. Tough. That was a tough deal right there. All right, who else are we excited about? I, I think also on the offensive side of the ball, I've already, um, I've already gone with Kelly on the defensive side. I'm really excited to see. I mean, look, the Mike Hollins piece of this is is kind of. I mean, man, like, uh, I mean, will there be a dry eye in the in the stadium the first time? You know, I don't know. He scores a touchdown or whatever. Like, talk about just. Uh, just an absolute, um, just an absolute like success story in terms of overcoming adversity, adversity and stuff. I mean, it, sometimes in sports we we all get too cliche and we try to break everything down too much. Um, but what that kid has gone through to be even back on the field, let alone be in a position to play and play potentially well, I mean, man, that's just just incredible to see. Um, every time I see the dude. In any sort of clip, I'm just I, I I'm just blown away that the kid is there. I just can't. It, it just it's it's hard for me to process um, that he's been able to come as far back as he's been. And you know, um, you have to think that come fall, you know, he'd be, you know, if he's not 100, percent it'll be because of some other injury, right? It, I mean, just it's just it's just really impressive. Um, and I'm I'm really pulling for him. And I think there obviously there are a lot of people that are. So I'm really excited to see him, but. Honestly, for me, it's the the running back position as a whole because that is a yeah. very deep group. Um, and like I said earlier, I, I really feel like this, like it, the difference with Virginia and some teams, right, has been historically at least has been like like uh, at times other than like the Brennan season, like you didn't necessarily see guys like picking each other up. Like, oh, the offensive line is terrible, but you know what? This dude is doing a whole lot at running back, which is actually making things easier on everybody. Like that's kind of what they need from the running back position as a whole. 
I'm not saying it has to be one dude. I'm just saying that like they need production on the ground. They need guys to break tackles. They need guys to create for themselves. They need guys to to hit the thing when it's there because it won't be there very often, right? I just think that the offensive line consistency is going to be an issue. So I'm really excited about the running back group as a whole. Dave, give me somebody else you're excited about. Yeah, not to uh, piggyback off what you said, but the running back room is super interesting, right? Like you got Mike Hollins and his story. Paris Jones is kind of a walk-on who showed up and was a starter last year. You got Kobe Pace coming from Clemson, Faustin coming off an injury, Cody Brown, who's talented. Like that whole room is just interesting to me. Um, but I mean, not. I'm really excited to see Butler do his thing another year because at times last year he was absolutely dominant, right? Yeah. Um, and from that position, you can you can really make a you know you can really make an impact on the game. So another year, you know, learning the system, playing, and hopefully with an offense, it's gonna be a little bit better yeah yeah, i I, it's hard for me not to be excited to watch butler what about you ferber i mean you mentioned the entire running back room i'll just say the entire offensive line um that's fair yeah i mean like let's see what this group can do like i mean in the spring game you're probably not going to get a great look just because it's going to be sort of vanilla as always and you know i don't think they're going to be dialing up all kinds of pressures and you know you can't sack the quarterback anyway um but, you know, like, let's see what they can do in the run game. Like, you know, can they open up some holes? Like, what does the right side of the line look like? The left side seems to be sort of more solidified. Um, you know, there was uh, – I wrote something about how the lineman and Heffernan kind of talked about how he's a bit of a detail stickler. Um, you know, like, let's see that show up uh, and, and maybe demonstrate some improvement. I'm not naive enough to think like in just a few spring practices, they fixed it, you know? Um, but you know, I, I think this is the start of something, right? Like you're kind of start, it's a new look line. It's, um, you know, you got some guys, some valuable playing experience last year. They sort of took their lumps. Um, they weren't great, but at the same time, like we were worried they were going to be an outright disaster last year. And, Maybe some other parts of the offense being bad, like kind of took some of the pressure off of them, but you know, they had some good moments and some tough moments. So I think there's some room to grow, but I think they got a a couple young guys that can, you know, make a leap and become decent at least. Um, And then you hope that the two transfers, obviously one of them's not there yet um, can kind of hit the ground running and and start. Yeah. I also think that one of the, um, one of the pieces of this whole conversation and sort of the whole way this all sort of fits together is like, you know, we, we can't help as people on the outside looking in to focus on not just like who does what, but also like how, how consistently those guys are being asked to do something. And I think that on the offensive line, I, I, if, the, if I have a knock on Tuesday, it, it, it was this whole idea that you were going to take, tackles and turn them into guards and you were going to take guards and turn them into tackles and you know his whole five coin thing and I'm not saying that that is necessarily a bad idea to put your best five players out there but I think putting your best five players out there sort of flies in the face of common sense which is like oh you would probably like guys to work at a spot and just keep doing that and then to get used to doing that same thing over and over again next to the same guy over and over again right um 
I'm not saying that, you know, if Heffernan decides to move some guys around or whatever, that I'm not saying that that's wrong. But I do think that, like, I'm really curious to see how they handle it. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's one of the things that kind of is a theme for me with this whole spring and, and kind of coming out of the spring game is, like, what's the offense look like? Right? What What's the play calling feel like? Does Does Musket kind of feel like he could be the guy? Are there, does the timing with the wide receivers look better, right? I'm not looking for them to necessarily execute on every play or da, 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 da. Does the offensive line look like they're making at least like they're on the same page? Like really for me, it's about trajectory. And I think that is probably the overarching sort of, like I said, theme for me offensively. I just want to see, are they on the right trajectory? Um, I think defensively because of what Rudd and his group did last year, because of the continuity they've got there, because of the depth they have coming back. Yeah, they got some questions to answer, but I'm not really worried about them answering those questions. I want them to to, to come up with an answer for sure, but I'm not necessarily stressed about it. Um, I look at It's funny. I looked at last year's offense coming into the season, and I thought, like, all right, if the defense can be even just manageable, if they can, make, if they can get to a place where they're, like, decent, well, then the offense will do enough, and they'll, be, you know, they'll win a lot of games. Well, that was colossally wrong. Um, and, and, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, but it's so like, I'm trying real hard not to make the same mistake this year, which is to look at the defense and go, all right, defense is going to be really good. So if the offense can be like pedestrian, you know what? That probably wins a bunch of games. Um, and yet at the same time, I look at it and go, you know, if the defense is going to be pretty good, I don't think the offense has to be much more than a pedestrian for them to win some games. Luckily, the schedule is going to scare me off of that uh, position pretty And we've pretty also easy. seen what happens when your offense is a step behind pedestrian. Correct. Like, and your yeah. defense is still pretty good. Like, you're, you're going to lose yeah, exactly. 14 to 12 like you, and four yeah, overtimes. You really, you got to get up to at least pedestrian level. You know, if you can't, you got to cross the street. Um, did you like the uh, Did you like Terry Heffernan's quote in the thing I wrote last week about how the offensive line is like putting stuff in the slow cooker? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a bar. Yeah, that was a, yeah, yeah. He he was like, I'm sure that's something he's heard from some other coach or something. But yeah, yeah, he's like he's like part of it is you got to get guys around each other like playing together like that's a big part of it. And it felt like last year they were kind of just trying stuff. Yeah, um, and there was like so much rotation, it's hard to get a lot of familiarity. And they also like. I remember during camp, like every time we got to talk to Tony, it was like some update on injuries. Like they just couldn't get the five. I mean, they literally like we were like 20 days into camp and they were like, we haven't had the same five guys like two days in a row yet um, because they just kept having guys out, you know, different things happening. So hopefully that consistency will pay yeah. off. All right. You guys got anything else for the good of the order before we wrap up? All right. No, I guess. Hey. um one quick thing, like I, w- I would say, also like who are we kind of like keeping an eye on? How about Tony? Like that's a really the, good the coach, not the not the quarterback. Like you know, obviously, like year two, it's like I'm not expecting him to treat the game like super seriously. Like, like last year, he was like mic'd up during it. I'm sure he will be again. Like I don't, yeah, I'm not expecting him to like be coaching his ass off necessarily. But at the same time, like you know. Let's see the. I, I kind of want to see his impact on the team more than anything he's doing. Yeah, that's a good you know point. What I mean, like, yeah, does the team look a little bit more loose? Like, like they've kind of talked about. Did they look like they're maybe having a little bit more fun? Did they like? There's been a lot of talk this spring, and just because I've gone through all the audio, like a lot of talk about how the environment's better and there's more guys bought in and everybody's sort of like trying really hard and having more fun. Like, let's see that translate. And in the spring game, it's not going to be the most like high stakes situation, but 
you know, you do get a sense for like what the football team is like. Yeah. Yeah. One point. caveat being is, I mean, I'm sure it got mentioned at some point tonight, but this is the first time the team will be on the field since a pretty crappy day. So, um, yeah, that's obviously going to be the part of, of the whole thing Saturday. So yeah, maybe second half I'll be paying more attention to how everyone's acting after they kind of get out there in front of fans for the first time since, you know, their season tragically ended last year, but, um, yeah, back to not to poo-poo what you said, Justin. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. Like, you know, it's, um, you know, Elliot, it was Elliot's first year last year, and it was probably, and I'm almost 100% certain, that was the worst season he's ever had as a coach at any level. So, um, you know, how how has he kind of, you know, dealt with his humble pie diet that you need to eat after a season like that? Right. Yeah. Um, because to me, that that's going to tell a lot about where this team can go. Um, and even if this team doesn't improve great record wise, you know, when the season gets here, just because of the schedule, you know, there, there's a difference between being, you know, two and 10 and terrible and say two and 10 and showing some signs of improvement or four and eight and showing signs of improvement. Um, and all of that starts Saturday. Yeah. That is an excellent place to put a pin in it. Look at you just doing my job for me. Look at you. Very well done, Dave. Uh, if you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your shows. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating or review, we appreciate it. Now, if you're somebody who's found the pod, has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at CapsCorner.com. Uh, Ferber has mentioned, um, you know, the Heffernan piece. He had one with the Bowley kid, talked about um, with Lamb, talking about, you know, basically sort of he's liked what he's seen. Um, from his group as he kind of searches for that QB one um, Houston caught up with minor to talk about sort of um, his OVs to UVA and Florida Gulf coast um, probably looking for um, more transfer stuff coming down the pike. So definitely give us a look at the website. Uh, I want to thank my perfect franchise for their support of the show and of the website. Like I said last week, uh, if you're somebody out there who thinks that, you know what, I would like to own my own business. I would like to sort of get out of what I'm doing now and, and have a change of pace. Andy's definitely the kind of dude that you want to talk to. Um, he, he does this stuff in like every different market you can think of. Um, the different businesses that he's associated with and all the different stuff that he does. It's uh, it's pretty remarkable. So visit myperfectfranchise.net for more information on how you can find Freedom Your Next Venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. I want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. And of course, I want to thank... Dave and Ferber for you graciously have their time as always. I very much appreciate all they do. So for David Smith and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.